0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're you're about about to Get get Jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 74 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to.
1: But you should still totally watch the anime.
0: This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Soul Eater episodes 4 through 8, where we meet Krona and her weapon Ragnarok.
1: Ragnarok. Uh, If you'll remember from the uh, Thor Ragnarok movie, uh, this is going to be a weapon that is uh, possessed in a uh, aging star's uh, body, um, she can uh, shoot out spikes and other accoutrement from her body um, towards Thor, um, who I can't remember if he does or does not have an eye patch at this point. Uh, but we we can assume that eye patches are going to be the most important thing in this scenario.
0: So no to all of that. Whatever. Let's just jump in. All right, well, welcome everybody. <laughs> so
1: Cool. So we're back uh, after our um, awesome episode collaboration uh, with uh, Anime World Order, which was um, a different experience uh, watching Spriggan. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's uh, the previous episode from this one, um, you should totally listen to it and then never watch Spriggan um (laughs) yeah it was
0: fun to watch but in like a b-movie way yeah uh but it was extra fun to have daryl on the show that was really awesome
1: yeah he is a font of knowledge
0: Um, yeah he really just keeps going with all of the trivia that he just pulls right out of his hat it's amazing
1: yeah it's kind of crazy um i will say uh we we do have two more collaborations coming up um they are both down on the books and should be recorded soon um i am uh, excited about both of them um and we will certainly uh, announce those over the social medias um as soon as we have them recorded so you can get all hyped about those um Blake wants to talk about, real quick, uh, a new anime movie that has swept the fucking United States. Um, I haven't seen an anime movie uh, affect anything since maybe the Pokemon movie that came out. What do you think?
0: It's definitely been a long time since anything has had this kind of reach and coverage. And you might be right about Pokemon being the last one to really hit home like this. Um, so I went to see dragon ball, super brawly broly as they pronounce it in the film, but I always thought it was brawly. So that's what I'm going to say. And, uh, it was pretty decent. Um, it actually has a really good score on rotten tomatoes. And, um, the film does a really good job of like building up backstory for the characters. It's it kind of made me think about the good parts of man of steel where you spend a while at the beginning of the film getting to know what happened in the main character's history to sort of bring them into what we're going to see in the present. Um, But it's also a Dragon Ball film, so it's not super plot-heavy, even though it does have a shocking amount of plot. And ultimately, it leads up to a fight that is somewhat forced and is basically the second half of the movie. It's just a long, ongoing fight. Um, The fight scene's pretty good. The animation quality is high because it's an anime film. There are some parts where I think they got a little overzealous with spinning the camera around and exploding things and moving quickly, and it became a little hard to tell what was going on. So that took a little bit of my enjoyment out of the fight, but for the most part, it was really fun. And the big thing for me was a one-two punch of nostalgia and excitement. I haven't watched any Dragon Ball anything in a long time, but I saw it uh, growing up on um, Cartoon Network or even on, like, it was like the UPN station or whatever that used to be back way when I was younger. And so I... You know, I'm really familiar with the English voice actors, and it was in English with those voice actors, at least for Goku and Vegeta, and that was really nostalgic and fun, and it it was really just an enjoyable experience to see them and to sort of have fun with those characters again, and the other thing that was exciting was to just go to a theater and see a big anime film. Um, I know anime films get releases periodically, at least in some cities, but uh, it was a really good experience to go and see a film, especially one that's getting a lot of hype. So I don't know if it's still out by the time you hear this, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely worth watching if you have nostalgia about Dragon Ball or if you're like really into that kind of action. It's got a lot of it and uh, it's a pretty fun time.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple of other anime films that are are coming out or have come out on Netflix. Uh, so you can kind of pay attention to those. If you're really into Seven Deadly Sins, there's a new movie that's out on Netflix from there. Um, it's from 2018. I can't remember if it happened at the very end of the year or after the second season was released inside of Japan. Um, I I have uh, heard mixed reviews on it. Uh, My review on it was, if you are a super fan of Seven Deadly Sins, which I am, um, and you want to consume all media that includes Seven Deadly Sins, uh, feel free to um, watch it. Um, It is fine. It is not as good as the second season, Um, and the the second season um, of Seven Deadly Sins, by the way, um, you will get... Almost to the end of second the second season, and then kind of uh, question what is life for a minute. Um, so be aware of that slight spoiler alerts for a new show. Yeah, I um, haven't watched that
0: I, yet, except for the one episode that we watched together when I was in Portland.
1: Yeah, so so like be aware that the the second season is different from the first season, but it it also has. We'll, one of, if not the best fight in Seven Deadly Sins so far is in Season 2. Yeah, um, so. you know,
0: Seven Deadly Sins is kind of like Dragon Ball, where it has a plot, but the plot really takes a backseat whenever there needs to be a fight, and it's got a lot of fights, and the fights are good. Yeah, um,
1: it is very much the rule of cool uh, outweighs Absolutely, which
0: is why it's such a fun series, like, you can just yeah. enjoy it. Um, But yeah, that's something else, you know, just about anime movies in general. They tend to be sort of outside of canon. You can kind of fit them into canon a little bit um, sometimes, but sometimes you can't. I'm thinking of like there's a a Digimon movie for the fourth season that has some things established in the show that also has other aspects that should be there that aren't so it just kind of takes place whenever it wants to with whatever it needs to and most anime films are kind of for the fans they are really just big explosions of the cool action that you expect from the the series um i'm kind of anxious to check out the two heroes movie for my hero academia and see if that's true for that also but uh you know that's a show with great action so if that's all it is i would be down um, but usually mm. anime movies are kind of plot light and action heavy. And so it's not going to do much if you're not familiar with the series. But if you are and you just want kind of a smashing good time, then that's, you know, that's when you reach for the anime film. Yeah. There are some cool. exceptions um, like Bebop, but that's rare.
1: Yeah. That one is perfectly integrated inside of the
0: canon of the show. And it's and fantastic. also a great film in its own right.
1: Yes. Anyways, um, so we are going to go ahead and jump in with our coverage this week of Soul Eater. We are going to be watching uh, episodes four through eight. Yeah, yeah, we got five um,
0: episodes total. And they're basically two miniature story arcs and one interlude. Um, yeah. So, so
1: before we get started, uh, previously on, we are going to learn about our maid characters. Uh, there are quite a few of them. So if we can just blitz through those real quick uh, so we can get ready to go.
0: Yeah, so Soul Eater is set in a world where there are people called Meisters, they handle weapons, which are actually humans that have the ability to transform into weapons, and all of our main characters go to a school called the DWMA, which I think is the Demon Weapon Meisters Academy. Uh, but it's basically Hogwarts, but for the Weapon Meisters and weapons in this universe. Um, our main characters, there's three groups. So they are made up of the Meisters and their weapons. The first group is Maka and Soul. They are our main main characters. Maka is a fairly headstrong and awesome young woman. And Soul is her sort of lazy guy sidekick who can turn into a giant scythe. There is the best character, Black Star, who is sort of Naruto, but in a different universe. He's a lot funnier than Naruto and also a lot more proficient than Naruto until Naruto gets his ridiculous power-up way later in the series. And his partner is Tsubaki. She is a sort of shy, quiet girl who can turn into a variety of ninja weapons. There is Death the Kid, who is the son of Lord Death, the... Uh, you know basically grim reaper Um, he was kind of separate from them but he uh, is going to join their school during the coverage today he actually has a pair of weapons they are twin sisters and they turn into guns Um, one of the biggest things that you need to do as a meister is to collect 99 souls and then one witch's soul we saw at the beginning of the series that our characters were kind of going for this at least maka and black star but they each had some sort of a challenge that prevented them from progressing. And uh, specifically, Maka and Soul were set back to square one by eating not a witch's soul and uh, getting tricked. And Black Star did not progress because of his own morals. So if you want to learn more about that, check out our first Soul Eater coverage. They are basically at the bottom of the barrel here, and they're going to get a special mission as a result of that, which is where we open up on episode four
1: cool so episode four engage the witch hunter a remedial lesson in the graveyard uh question mark um anyways uh, yeah, there's a lot of question this- marks in the titles yeah, so this episode is is really, really fun to watch. Um, it's it's going to introduce one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, I think he's probably going to be my third favorite character um, after Black Star. And uh, my my second favorite character is probably Maka. Um, and then uh, we get the introduction of our third character that is one of my favorites in just a minute. Um, but they're going to find out um, that they they are are going to need uh a remedial lesson um before that i i had forgotten that she went to go take care of rasputin um yeah that that's uh,
0: one thing we talked about last time is that the the show makes a really fun usage of like well-known historical and fictional characters like rasputin or al capone or uh jack the ripper and uses anime versions of them for little action sequences
1: mhm um so it it uh, there's there's a, a quick little um, back and forth between Blair and uh, Blair and Soul. Blair again is going to be the cat who was uh, pretending to be a witch. Um, she has magical powers. Um, she's not super important, um, except for it's gonna piss off Maka that Soul you know is attracted to this attractive woman that's always all over him. Um, woman cat it's anime um anyways um what they're gonna uh there's gonna be like a brief little fight between them and then uh they're gonna go to school which they're told a story about um a zombie version of a former teacher named sid um who has been uh attacking people inside of a graveyard
0: yeah he was killed at the beginning of the series i believe on screen but i sure don't remember what happened so uh, either way, we know that he was a teacher at the school. He shot he... himself. Oh, yeah. Cause, and now he's got a hole in his head from where he did yeah. that. And yeah. um, so he used to be their teacher. Now they don't have a teacher because he has killed himself. And he is now brought back to life as a zombie. They're going to have to go to the graveyard and fight him. And they're going to meet up with him pretty quickly. There's a little bit of characterization right before the fight starts, but not that much. And, um, it's going to be Maka and soul as well as Blackstar and Tsubaki. They're all going together.
1: Yeah. So they get sent on this remedial lesson, uh, which is explained from Lord death, uh, uh, to soul, uh, not soul, the kid, but death, the kid, um, and his two weapons, they're going to be hanging out with, uh, uh, you know, with Lord death, um, the whole time watching through the mirror as they do. Um, uh, Maka and Blackstar and their, their accoutrema are going to go, um, and try to find Sid inside of this graveyard. Um, and Sid has a really cool character trait. Um, he, he is drawn, not like a normal zombie where he's kind of falling apart, but instead he's kind of like the stitched together version of himself with whited out eyes and like really big teeth for some reason I don't know why he he, he changes his character so much like this um, I don't know if it's just supposed to be like the zombie version of himself is like dehydrated and so his like teeth are exposed
0: I don't know I don't know but I, once again this show has style out the wazoo and it's it it's also kind of playing with rule of cool which really you see a lot with shonen anime anyways. But this show also has such cool style and good character design and stuff, so you can pretty much always enjoy a character from the show because they have a really cool design about them, and uh, Sid is no exception to that rule
1: yeah so Sid is gonna get into a fight with both of them uh, the the fight goes um, a little bit sideways basically immediately. Um, Sid yes. is way more powerful than they are. This um, is a series
0: he- that's based around characters fighting with weapons and Sid's weapon is the stone graves grave marker that was placed over his grave. so he has mm-hmm. like a giant cross with a big stone base that he's like throwing around at them and it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so um, Blackstar is going to attack him with his soul resonance that he can release into um, into another person's body. Um, it's going to catch Sid off guard, um, he's going to get hit by it very hard, and then he's going to escape by going underground, and then coming back above ground to uh, attack Blackstar and take him out almost immediately. Um, Maka realizes that she is going to be overwhelmed inside of this fight, so we get to see our first... Um, and one of the things that we're going to see a lot, um, if you like in, Inside of Bleach, um, a different show that we may be covering soon. Um, when yeah, people and we'll name- start to
0: get blog coverage for sure soon.
1: Yeah, and we they they have that moment where they like announce their uh their Zampacto's name and uh say Bankai and then cool shit happens. Be aware that is going to start happening inside of this show too, so if you like that, you're going to see some of that. Uh because they're going to call for soul resonance. Um they do it in a much more fucking stylistic way than most other shows do. They uh it shows uh their faces usually side by side in as like a split screen and slowly as their souls begin to resonate, their faces become like one face split in part in, it in, down the center of the screen. And it like starts to show kind of like electricity coming out of them. And yes, then and it shows their souls pushing together.
0: The idea with soul resonance is basically getting in sync with each other and mm-hmm. that allowing you to, uh, expel more power and use like a super move, and so Maka yeah. and Soul are decently good at getting into sync with each other, and they actually do a particularly good job here. And it's called like Witch Slayer or something Witch like Hunter. that. I have yeah Witch Hunter, and um, so she uses her Witch Hunter attack, which basically covers Soul's scythe form with a giant energy scythe that goes out of both ends, and then you can she can swipe it to send out an energy wave that can cut their opponents. Uh, yeah, they, they it's show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very similar to that. So, uh, they, they do this attack, but unfortunately, Maka slips on the ground, which causes the attack to go awry and in the a reverse direction. And you see in the background that black star like barely dodges it. And it, it's pretty funny. He's like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're going to um
1: they're going to end up uh defeating Sid because um he has to um he he has to deal with uh, maka in this moment but, uh, the person that gets the most frustrated by this doesn't end up being Sid. it actually ends up being Blackstar, because when he was humiliated at the start of the fight, he got very upset and he's also upset that somebody else is upstaging him, and so he uses this badass ability where he, like, releases Tsubaki as a chain and throws it around uh, around inside of like, a star pattern, and then waits, um, uh, for Sid to come up out of the ground and catches him inside of the chain and then slams into him with his uh with his soul and uh knocks out sid
0: yeah black star is like the comedic relief character who is all about being number one and being like a hero or a celebrity or whatever and he's loud and brash and kind of a doofus But whenever he gets serious, which is generally when he's worried about being upstaged or being um, shown not to be proficient in skills that he sees himself as proficient in, he becomes proficient in those skills. And he Mm -hmm. basically becomes a completely different person and pretty much always wins at that point. And it's great. He's the best character. Mm
1: -hmm. They are going to, um, take Sid as a hostage and go find the true mastermind and my third favorite character, Frankenstein, or as it's pronounced, Frankenstein, um, inside of the show. Um, he is, Oh man, he's such a great character. Um, uh, we're gonna learn more about him in the, the, the the next episode, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into that one. Um, it's, uh, episode number five, uh, Shape of the Soul, Enter the Ultimate Master Stein. Um, so, uh, this episode starts out with them finding out, uh, that, uh, well, they... They're going to find out how ridiculous he is almost immediately. The door is going to open to his, like, lair or his, like, his laboratory, and you're going to hear him coming from down the hallway in, like, a kind of a, a rolly chair. And then when he gets to the end, they're like, Oh no, he's going to attack us and he hits the end with a rolly chair and falls over. And
0: yeah, he's he like, he hits the no. threshold of the door and yeah. he knocks him over in his chair. <laughs> he doesn't like twice, right? He like does it yeah. and then he's like, Oh, he that didn't readjusts. work out. Let me try again. And he does the exact same thing again.
1: Yeah, so he readjusts this gigantic bolt that's inside of his head, he twists this as kind of like, almost like a nervous tick, um, but he's saying that it's adjusting his brain as well, I don't know how, but apparently it is. Yeah, it's, um,
0: it kind of reads like when you're adjusting like the tent settings on an old TV or VCR or something, and you're trying to get it just right to what you need it to be, it's uh-huh. kind of like that, I think. Um, Yeah, he's also presented as being despite this hilarious introduction, he's presented as being very sinister. Like this is the guy whose machinations brought back a professor as a zombie who was murderous, and they need to stop him. And so he's pretty much gonna read their spirit energy. And this is something that we're going to learn at this point, that Meisters who are really skilled can do this. They can look at a person and read their spirit energy, and that gives them information about um, what their headspace is, as well as some information about how strong they are and um, Mm -hmm. what their intentions might be. It's kind of similar to reading power levels in Dragon Ball, but it has a little bit more personality information involved as well.
1: Yeah, so Stein is going to immediately take out these characters in a pretty cool fight. I would suggest if you're going to start watching um, cool fights from... uh, from this show and you you want to pick up one to just kind of like you know our cover is just going to go over it a little bit but you should definitely watch it because it's yeah, a pretty good it, back and forth
0: this is a good fight but we're not going to cover a lot of the beats of it because it's just a, a good fight and that doesn't yeah. play super well on air so we're going to talk a little bit about it but if you want to experience it you got to watch the episode
1: yeah. So I would say um, the biggest piece to take away from this is Maka is going to use Winch Hunter successfully this time. Uh, Stein is going to counteract it by... Um, he's going to resonate his soul exactly like the soul that comes at him. Uh, so he is able to stop it in his tracks. Then he's going to be attacked by Black Star, who uses his soul to try to attack him. Instead... Frankenstein releases his own soul into uh, uh, Blackstar at the same time where he releases into his, um, revealing that not only can he resonate correctly with any weapon, but he can also release his soul at the same, uh, well, not the same, at a better resiliency and much, much faster than uh, Blackstar can do it. So he is
0: far more powerful. His power is to change his soul wavelength to meet the needs, whereas usually the idea that you get is that your soul wavelength is sort of your personality and your mental state, and you can Mm -hmm. kind of solidify it or strengthen it by being more determined and less afraid. Um, And then you can resonate it with your weapon by being in sync with them. But Frankenstein is able to change his wavelength at will to basically use it to protect himself from attacks and to um, combat enemies by sending his wavelength into theirs. And having it be dissonant causes them to weaken or become, you know, it causes pain to them or something like that. And he's actually also the first non-Kishin or demon character that we're seeing fight without a weapon. And he's just using his soul resonance to fight these people yeah we
1: are also introduced inside of this character as blake mentioned earlier um the ability to see other people's souls which is a pretty big deal um Maka has to focus but she can do it afterwards but when she focuses and looks at St- stein's soul she realizes that it is much larger and much more powerful than other people's souls that are around he is by far the most most powerful person that we have seen so far um and he is going to
0: uh soundly beat them um yeah, he- but, he, he's but, the most powerful character that we've seen fight so far. Yeah. Uh, um, he also, they do a, a kind of a fake-out play with him. When she first looks to see his soul, she doesn't see anything. And then she notices that it is gigantic and hovering above him instead of kind of like in his chest like normal. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a pretty cool moment.
1: Yeah um after getting defeated they find out that this is just a um this is just a lesson that they've been taking um they are not going to deal with sid instead uh stein is going to become their new teacher at school there's Um, an important moment
0: at the end of the fight too where maka has basically used all of her energy through trying to attack him with witch hunter and she Mm -hmm. is now mostly incapacitated She's she's at that point where she's struggling to get up and kind of can't move because she's so exhausted. And Stein mm-hmm. is approaching them, and uh, her her partner Soul appears in his human form to cu- like crouch over her to protect her with his body. And is like, you can't get to her without going through me. And that's the moment at which Stein reveals that this has all been a test that he is actually a good character and that they don't have anything to worry about. And it's important because Maka and Stein have been kind of at each other.
1: Yeah. Or Maka and soul.
0: Um, sorry. Meanwhile,
1: um, uh, the grim reaper and also death, the kid have been talking about this, uh, death, the kid wanted to go save them. So he decided to become a part of the school in order to be able to step in, um, instead of actually going to help anybody though, he ends up just going to school. Um, and that's going to be our big reveal episode, uh, six, um, a new student, uh, uh, kid's first day at the academy, will it be an entrance to remember? Uh, this episode is perfect. Um, it is also one of like my favorite ways to like break down the shit that you just learned, introduce a new character to your character that you've already met, and do perfect comedic ridiculousness in anime.
0: Yeah. Um, they also give you cool stuff. Like, this show is so good at taking interlude plot lines and making them fun like instead of Mm -hmm. feeling like you're just spinning your wheels until you get to the cool stuff again these episodes are genuinely enjoyable in their own right
1: yeah. So, um one of the things that's going to be happening in this episode is that uh Maka and Subaki are going to be in class. Um they notice that uh Soul and Black Star are not in class because we find out that Soul and Black Star have ditched their respective partners to become best friend partners. <laughs> And they talk about it a bunch of times where they're just like, we're best friends now. We don't need you anymore. And it has, like, these very dramatic moments where they show, like, them walking away and dropping their old battlers. And then, like... Having this moment where they're, like, shaking hands and they're just like, we'll be the most powerful now.
0: Yeah, you also (laughs) see the reactions from their respective partners, which is good characterization, which is basically Maka being like, oh my god, you're such an idiot. You're really annoying and I'm happy for you to be away from me right now. And Tsubaki is just like, I don't know what to do without Black Star. Uh, We also will see that Death the Kid is on his way to school, but he is three hours late because his OCD has prevented him from leaving the house until everything was perfectly clean and put in order, and so his first day, he's three hours late.
1: Yeah, he is ridiculous. Um when he resi- when he arrives at school, he finds out that Blackstar and uh Soul have been waiting for him yeah, because they heard that he was going to be showing up today and they want to fight him
0: immediately. Specifically, they want to fight him because Blackstar can't bear the thought that anybody would be considered to be more popular or powerful than him. So he's got to yeah. beat him down immediately.
1: So, um uh, Death the Kid is going to handily take care of them. Um, and we're going to learn a lesson about what is going on with Micers and their weapons. Um, this is represented by, uh, Death the Kid showing off, uh, his weapons. Again, it's, uh, a, a two girls that turn into guns. Um, and he shoots out these bullets that are made out of his soul resonance with them. He's actually shooting out pieces of his soul to hit people, so it's not shooting bullets, and it doesn't cut through them, but it hits their soul instead, and, uh... This is shown off when uh, Soul is shot in the stomach. No, Black Star is shot in the stomach, and it doesn't create a hole in his body. Instead, it just hurts his
0: soul, and he bounces off. <laughs> they also are trying to fight, and Blackstar is kind of doing his, like, soul resonance attacks by himself thing, but then they're like, okay, we've got to combine our powers in order to beat this guy. And so Soul right. transforms into his scythe form, and he like drops down for black star to catch him but black star doesn't catch him he just lands and like slices the top of black star's head and then black (laughs) star cannot lift him which is an interesting bit of world building played for comedy which shows that like maka who spins soul around and you know uses him effortlessly they're able to do that because we can assume because of their partnership and black star and soul, despite claiming to be best friends, don't have that connection. And so he's not able to lift him at all. And then because they're not able to fight together, they have a legitimate breakup sequence as though they were a romantic (laughs) couple breaking up with each other. And it's hysterical. And then the sequence of them breaking up is interrupted by death. The kid just shooting both of them. (laughs) And then Okay, so then
1: Death the Kid is going to show off that he he is way more powerful than them uh by using his soul resonance to create two gigantic gun forms of his partners.
0: This is basically um, his version of Maka's witch hunter.
1: Yeah. Um Maka is going to see that this ability um shows that they are very in sync with each other because she's able to see their soul. Uh they are out, uh Subaki and uh Maka are out now watching this fight inside of uh in the front of the, the school. Um, and, uh, after he shoots this attack, they're both going to be kind of knocked out. Um, the and- attack is
0: going to cause explosions, but the explosions are little skulls instead of like mushroom yeah. clouds. And yeah. this is just yet another clever, creative stylistic touch that this show has in spades. And it, it's so great. I love this show.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, thing that is gonna show afterwards is my favorite part of the episodes but right before that, um, the first thing that happens is that Death the Kid is going to be re- revealed uh, to have a little bit of his hair that has been cut by a previous attack which causes him to be out of sync with his body, uh, because he is obsessed with, uh, things being symmetrical and so he passes out from the sheer frustration of this. Um, the second thing that is going to happen is that, uh, they're going to have a reunion between soul and black star that is shown in like slow motion where they're like running back to each other. And it goes on for so long. It's just like, he's like soul. And he's like black star, soul, black star. And he keep just saying keeps each like cutting back and forth and more
0: dramatically. <laughs> I love this I show. love this show so much. <laughs> so at the end we're going to get a sick ass reveal. Maka is now pretty much tied to, uh she's tapped into her ability to see people's souls and sort of read how powerful they are from that. And she's going to see Lord Death who is, you know, the principal, he's the Dumbledore door of DWMA. And he, she's going to try and see his soul to see how powerful it is, but she can't see it. And then we're going to zoom out to see the entire school surrounded by his soul. Yeah. It's, he is
1: by far the most powerful character in the show. We are finding out.
0: It's awesome. It's like a narrative mic drop. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's go into episode seven, uh, Black-Blooded Terror, The uh, There's a Weapon Inside Corona. This episode... Is where the show takes a hard right turn into plot. Um, Up until now, we've been kind of like playing around, having fun, learning about characters, um, and having everybody get to place. Now the show is going to step on the gas and they are going to fucking go until the end. There is not going to be another time inside of the show where they just take, they like sort of fuck off. Um, You're still always. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, there's the Excalibur episode, there's the Test episode, there are several of those.
1: But that's all the episodes where they learn about uh, her different weapon abilities, though.
0: No, those don't have her in it at all.
1: Wait a or, minute. I, or
0: him, I don't know. Corona is uh, Corona's a her,
1: yeah. It's y- hard to no, tell. No, no, no. Corona's, I think Corona's a guy.
0: Because No, they, 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 call, they use female pronouns. Ugh. Anyways,
1: um, so we're gonna have Corona be introduced in these episodes. Corona is, uh, is not going to be the main antagonist inside the show. Neither, is, like, he is he or she, I Corona, it's either
0: one. <laughs> Just yeah, we're talking about Corona.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, this character, um, is is important to the show, and we are going to find out more about them. Um, but we are really going to find out about uh, a, the most important witch, arguably inside of the whole show, which is going to be Medusa. Um, Medusa is going to be uh, this character that is controlling Corona. Um, and uh, we start this episode uh with uh Maka and Soul going to get another um uh what is the name of the person in this episode? I can't remember. Sunsun like J.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's like it's a play on Jason from uh from the the uh Friday the Thirteenth movies.
1: Yeah, so uh, we are going to see them in Italy, um, and they're going to be catching this person, um, and then uh, they are surrounded by these like ruffians because they bu- soul bumps into one of them. Um, they're going to immediately beat the shit out of them um, and leave them in the street, and then we cut away from that. To these ruffians have now found Corona, who is in a church, um, and obsessing about a door that opens only from one way, which is in instead of out. Uh, yeah, which, which
0: seems random, but turns out to be important.
1: Yes. Um, and, uh, Corona keeps on talking about it and seems kind of uncomfortable inside of, uh, inside of their own skin. Um, so they're, they're just kind of like, uh, Kind of devolving yeah. into themselves, uh, their, like, own self-loathing, and what are they going to do, and why do they need to do anything.
0: Yeah, it takes, Crona, uh, Med- Crona is basically constantly and always paralyzed by, like, fear and self-doubt, yep. and basically Medusa the Witch is watching over her and uses her magic, which is kind of snake-like magic, to... Um, to basically take control of Krona's mind and turn her into sort of a mindless killing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Medusa also at the beginning of the episode is gonna going to say that Krona needs to eat lots and lots of souls to become the ultimate evil. And we're gonna see her sword, Ragnarok, which is like this would be zania if it weren't so menacing, sort of black humanoid figure. That can turn into a black sword, but also is actually her blood, which is black and like all of the drops of the blood are part of the weapon and can act sort of uh, independently.
1: Yeah, this this character design is fantastic. Um, so Medusa is going to use one of her spells, uh, to get inside of Corona's head and make Corona kill all these people that are with, surrounding her. These like ruffians. Um, but the ability that she uses with Ragnarok is crazy. Um, so Ragnarok can change form because it's made of like a malleable blood. Um, its normal form is this gigantic. It almost kind of looks like a. Uh, like a jack in the box that's really muscular that appears out of her back yeah. um it uh it it is always fucking with her too um it's like uh like you know giving her noogies and like uh, punching her in the head and like pulling on her face which is obnoxious uh, but anyways uh when it becomes inside of its sword form it can use its uh soul resonance to release a screech that is incredibly loud and vibrates the sword with the sound resonance. And so it is moving so fast that if you try to hold it or block it, it will shake you so hard that it will rip apart, apart your molecules. Um, this becomes very important a little bit later um, because uh, we are going to cut back to uh, Maka and Soul who have looked over, noticed that there is a Meister and a Weapon and there's a whole bunch of souls around it. And then Maka's like, wait, something changed. Where did all the souls go that were around this weapon and her meister?
0: Yeah, so this is going to inspire her to go and investigate. They are inside of a church, and she sort of stops outside of the door, and she's like, I need to see what's going on, but I'm afraid, and I feel like maybe I shouldn't go in there. But she kind of talks herself into it. it. It seems almost as though curiosity gets the better of her. Mm-hmm. They're going to confront Krona who either she or her sword will reveal that they killed all the, the people that Maka had sensed. Mm-hmm. This prompts Maka and Soul to get into a battle mode and they're they're planning to take uh Krona out. But Ragnarok forms into the sword and they start to fight and it is going terribly for Maka.
1: Yeah um maka it gets very handily beaten uh by
0: ragnarok um this is also where the scream resonance is going to come into play they're going to parry a blow um or block it and they're they're the the scythe blade part of soul is going to be holding back the blade of ragnarok and then ragnarok is going to start to scream and it causes ragnarok to cut into soul and because mm-hmm. Soul is a person that turns into a weapon, their like blood starts to gush out of the blade of the scythe, and it's mm-hmm. like, visceral and it, it's upsetting. And yeah, so Maka now feels like she can't use Soul because he'll get hurt, and she backs up against the door of the church that she entered, and she tries to open it to push it open so that she can get out. And Krona repeats what she said over and over again, which is that the doors only open inward. And that and, has caused Maka to be trapped.
1: Yeah. And she also is like, nobody listens to me. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Maka is going to be paralyzed by fear. Um, she uh, before had not been fighting against Corona. She had just been dodging her attacks. And now the uh, attack is coming right for her. She's paralyzed in fear. Soul is laying on the ground, unable to do anything. And then he, in a moment of heroism, he's like, um, if you're not going to do anything, I have to stop this. So he jumps in the way in his human form so he can move and gets stabbed across the chest in a horrifying manner. Um he falls on the ground, uh Maka goes down, it looks like everything is going very badly, and then we go into episode eight, Medusa the Witch, the one who possesses the great evil soul question mark. Um <laughs> I
0: Corona, don't know why there's so many questions.
1: Uh, Corona is coming in for the death blow on Maka. Um, she is coming fast with a straight line stab towards her. Soul is out for the count. It looks like she's going down. And then we see a gigantic scythe stab through the church doors and into Corona's stomach.
0: Yeah, we're going to learn, uh, that this is, um, Frankenstein has shown up and the scythe that he is wielding is actually Maka's father. Who has a what's called a death scythe, which is what happens when you successfully take out 99 souls and a witch. Oh. And that they are here to fight, and it's awesome because we've only seen Stein fight without a weapon and as a pseudo-villain, and we have never seen Maka's father fight, even though we know he is the weapon to Lord Death himself. Oh. They have been sent here to battle. Krona and Ragnarok, because Lord Death noticed her and wants to stop her from becoming a Kishin, which is the demon. Uh, Basically, she's still a human at this point, but if they continue to eat human souls, she will transform into a demon. And that's bad news bears.
1: Yeah, especially it's going to be a bad news because one of the things we're going to find out pretty quickly is that Stein is noticing that the soul of Ragnarok is incredibly more powerful than the soul of Krona. Right now, Corona is sub like uh, uh is able to subdue the soul a little bit and kind of placate the soul of Ragnarok. But if Ragnarok was with a um, he's called a demon sword. Um, and if he was to be paired with somebody who could actually take him to his full level, he might be unstoppable. Yeah, um, we and get he the might...
0: impression that Corona is basically a vessel or a patsy. Mm-hmm. Like she was picked because she's weak and malleable and she is basically, it seems like she's been implanted with Ragnarok and that Medusa is, is controlling her for her own whims. And that Crona is kind of a victim here.
1: Yeah. So Crona is going to, after being stabbed, bleed some of the black blood on the ground. Nobody uh, makes
0: me bleed my own black blood.
1: (laughs) Anyways. Um, so uh, Stein is going to go in for, like, the kill. When he goes in for the kill, though, um, uh, Ragnarok is going to parry and back up. And the the black blood that is spilled on the ground suddenly becomes a spike that shoots up out of the ground and stabs into Stein's back.
0: Yeah, um, each this of these is where... droplets of blood is basically part of Ragnarok's body. And he can still yep. control it as a weapon, even if, when it's been separated as droplets of blood.
1: Yeah, so, um instead of keeping on slashing him, he is just going to use the uh, the death scythe to parry these attacks and instead he is going to attack uh, corona on the inside of her body causing internal hemorrhaging um with yeah, this is, his this is uh, where soul his proficiency attacked.
0: with soul resonance comes into play. He's going to yeah. use that like we've seen him use it against Blackstar earlier to take her down. And yeah. it's pretty much the only reason they win
1: yeah um then we are going to uh like go out into the street uh to continue the fight there uh it is it becomes very clear that Krona is not going to be able to stand up to Stein. She has taken way too much damage. Ragnarok is not even able to help Ragnarok is going a little bit crazy and they are they've been backed into a corner so Medusa feels that she has to step in now uh she wants to push uh uh Krona to her limit, but realizes that like if they keep on going um she without her stepping in that she is just going to lose corona um and uh possibly get Ragnarok taken from her uh so she's going to use some of her magic and we're going to see one of the coolest attacks and that shows the style off of the show which is vector arrows um yeah. which is like Medusa's special ability she shoots out like these these weird little arrows that suddenly um become hardened and uh and shoot all around the screens in a whole bunch of different directions.
0: If There's, you've watched they One sort of Piece, zigzag around.
1: Yeah, if you've watched One Piece, uh, think about like uh, Gum Gum. Uh, I think it's like Boa, um, he, where he shoots out his arm and it keeps on changing directions, so the person that's gonna try to block it can't keep up with it. Um. It's kind of like that except for at the end of this it's like you know the end of a like a, a, a mouse cursor where it's like shooting around the screen making all these different things uh, like a snake and then coming finally at the very end to stab into the victim from a whole bunch of different directions um, Stein is going to knock this away by spinning death size super fast around him and then cutting all the arrows at the same time it's really cool um, yeah, and it's he's definitely awesome. a rule of cool
0: movement yeah definitely but it, it you know we also don't need him to die at this point in the plot so he needs yeah. to survive it by being awesome and he does um they medusa is going to take Krona and ragnarok away the fight is over they lost but she can't afford to lose them fully so she's going to flee with them meanwhile instead of pursuing them they need to turn their attention to soul who's very injured and if they don't yep. get him help soon he's going to be unable to fight ever again or also possibly die So they rush him back to the school and they um, get him to the nurse's wing. Once we're at the school, Stein is going to take Maka aside and tell her that soul is going to be fine, but that some of Krona's black blood has mixed in with his own. Mm -hmm. That is the seed of a plot problem that we're going to face in the future. And we're also going to get another seed that is kind of the wham at the end of this episode
1: yeah um so this uh, well i mean i i would say just go ahead and go
0: into it (laughs) yeah so we're gonna cut into you know they're gonna return into the infirmary they're checking up on soul all of our heroes are there and then the doctor is gonna come in and the doctor is medusa she is dressed differently and in her witch form she has kind of a hood so she's kind of hiding her appearance but it's her, we recognize her immediately. She is playing the part of the nurse, as far as we can tell she is the school nurse, and then after she says some comforting words about soul getting better, she kind of turns away and we see her her face gets like an evil grin and she thinks to herself about how she's going to take them down.
1: Yeah. Um there's there's a whole bunch of cool little moments at the end of this episode and I I think the other one that we should mention as well is that there is a fantastic moment where um, you've seen a lot of bickering between Maka and Soul for a long time inside of the show. Uh, basically, every episode they've shown that they're kind of back and forth with each other, and they they get into fights and they sort of reach like you know a steady agreement where they're frustrated with each other, but they're almost like siblings. One of the things that is going to be revealed in this episode, though, is that Maka cares for Soul more deeply than she lets on always she knows that soul could have like just stepped aside or like taken care of himself or something like that. But soul risked his life for her. And she has like this really heart wrenching moment where she's just like, she didn't know if he's going to survive this. And she is just weeping over him. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really touching. And it is very
0: sibling. Like where it's like they get on each other's nerves, but they love each other deep down.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a good moment when, you know, she, she lo- you know, uh, with all the pomp and circumstance with Soul that you have, Soul is still attached to Maka, and he, is, he cares for her more deeply than he lets on as well. We're going to find out more about that in uh, the next coverage that we have of Soul Eater, um, where we're going to have the introduction of uh, one of the weirdest characters that may or may not really exist and might just be inside of Soul's head, but <laughs> we'll get into that later.
0: yeah uh but as you know if you're a long-time listener of the show next week is not going to be soul eater we're rotating to another show that we cover and you'll find out what we're going to cover next time after the credits blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions with
1: sound editing done by rashad english of plain english productions he's our level six sound wizard level up our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way if you want to keep it that way too please consider supporting us on patreon
0: follow us on twitter at b and s get jumped
1: like us on facebook at
0: facebook.com forward slash blake and spencer get jumped or talk to us on reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped
1: if you like the show please like subscribe and leave a review reviews help other listeners find our show new episodes come out every sunday on itunes google play stitcher
0: buzzsprout
1: or wherever you get your podcast
0: from and hey Thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto episodes 83 through 88.
1: Remember, kids, when you're going to abduct and kill your brother to always knock on the door first. It's the polite thing to do.